1: Welcome to the Press One for Nick podcast. My name is Nick Glimsdall, and my guest this week is Jillian Benbow. She is the senior community experience manager at SPI Media and the host of the press of the podcast. I almost said Press One for Nick podcast. That's awkward. Uh, the podcast, the community experience, which is awesome. Welcome to the podcast, Jillian.
0: Thank you, Nick. Happy to be here. Yeah,
1: You are now the new host of the Press 1 for Nick podcast. I, I just fired myself. Just
0: announced it. Yeah. <laughs> it was pre- Press 2 for Jillian. Press 2
1: for Jillian, <laughs> a new podcast everyone should join. That's awesome. Uh, well, one question I ask every single guest at the very beginning is, what's one thing people might not know about you?
0: And I still am not sure which thing to disclose I have a macabre interest and actually spend a decent amount of time in graveyards and cemeteries, uh, volunteering for something called Find a Grave, okay. which a lot of people use for genealogy research. So if someone puts a request in for where I live, I will go find the grave they are looking for and take a picture of it and upload it to that website. And then they have it for their records for whatever they're researching. And I, um, I'm super into it. Like, I subscribe to this, like, news historical newspaper website. I'll look people up and, like, find them in the paper and all sorts of stuff from usually the 1800s where I live. It's a rich mining history. So, the 1800s mining booms, there's just a lot of people that unfortunately were
1: buried here. So, yeah. Yeah. That's still want to interview me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, that's that's it for the podcast. Uh, no. Yeah. Uh, that's actually really interesting. So, what was the oldest gravesite or graveyard or gravestone that uh, you've seen to date? Oh
0: well, that would not be in America. Okay, probably. So, and, and anybody in Scotland um, in Edinburgh. They're called Kirkyards and there's um, in Edinburgh Edinburgh is the um, Greyfriars Kirkyard. And it is well known for many reasons, but most recently probably is um, that was J.K. Rowling's inspiration for Tom Riddle. Uh, There is a a real Tom Riddle buried there. If only he knew what kind of legacy he has now. He was like a tradesman in the Caribbean. Wow. (laughs) And also the Dark Lord. So I would say probably Graves over there and they, I'm trying to remember specifically, but I mean, they had areas that were from, you know, before the 1400s, but there's a lot, there's a lot of like 15, 1600s in there. It's beautiful. It's absolutely, I'm also, I find, I find those places just to be like really pretty and peaceful. So and, it's, it's, it's fun. And quiet
1: <laughs> for some reason.
0: Yeah. Because yeah, oddly quiet. They're
1: no longer living.
0: Yeah, it's a really quiet crowd, which is great for me. I'm like, finally, <laughs> silence.
1: Uh, that is awesome. I love that. It's such an interesting fact. So tell my listeners a little bit about SPI Media. What, what do you guys do there? Yeah.
0: So SPI Media is the you know official name of what Pat Flynn does. So if anybody's ever heard of Pat Flynn, he also is a podcaster. Uh, he has the Smart Passive Income podcast. That's where the SP and I come from, Smart Passive Income. He also does a show called Ask Pat. He's on YouTube. He does it all. Um, And so he, you know, over the last, gosh, out of 15 years maybe, has built up this business that started as just him to then him and his um, assistant Jess, who is lovely, to now we have this entire company, SPI Media. Uh, there's 12 of us, huge Huge company. And yeah, we we kind of just support the content that Pat does, but we also are growing as far as what we do as SPI Media. So recently we put on a summit for business owners uh, that was about audience growth and monetization called Audience Driven. And Pat was the, you know, one of the main presenters of that, but it was fully put on by SPI Media and it was more about the larger brand name. So I'm the senior community experience manager there, which means we have a private paid community for business owners. Uh, you apply to get in the whole, the whole nine yards and um, I, I oversee that. And then we also have another community called the Academy and that is our course community. So anybody that purchases one of our courses gets access to that for as long as they want it. And it's just a place to meet up with other people doing the courses, you know, kind of be able to mastermind and talk through problems and stuff like that so we also oversee that
1: that's so cool and i do want to dig in and i think focus uh, mostly on community but with that in mind uh, you are also a co-host of the community experience Uh, tell my listeners a little bit about uh about what you guys are doing there
0: yeah well as the name suggests so that i co-host that with my colleague tony bachigalupo And we talk all things community. And I come from a digital community background. So running, you know, online communities, membership communities, free communities, the whole the whole nine yards. And Tony comes from a co-working background. So he has a ton of experience with physical get togethers, bringing people together, gathering and all of that. He used to run a co-working space in New York City and he's just a great wealth of information for kind of more the in person live event type thing. So, between the two of us, we have all
1: sorts of crazy conversations.
0: And we even had Nick on the podcast, Yay. recorded recently.
1: Yeah. So, even before whenever mine comes out, I think it's January ish, take some time, listen to the Press One for Nick podcast, and then immediately go to the community experience media, wherever. Podcasts are listened to, and take a peek at that because it's a it's really fun and interesting and informative podcast. So, speaking of experience or speaking of community, you kind of it shouldn't come as a surprise, but how would you explain community?
0: That's such a good question that we ask everybody, so I should have a good answer. I think you know, in the broadest sense of the term, community is a place where people with common interests or passions gather. Okay, is the the simplest way to could do a whole dissertation, but we'll go with that. That's
1: the that's the that's where it starts. That's the foundation. Yeah. So you know, somebody who kind of runs a community, you don't necessarily have to talk about your community, but in general, how, where do people get it wrong? Where do people get this community and their expectations or their building up of uh, where they get it wrong?
0: That is such a great question for our current times because right now, I'm sure everyone listening can think about or recognizes that it's kind of a buzzword yeah. right now like community join my community we're launching a community whether it's a brand or an independent creator what have you and there's all these platforms now be, whether it's Patreon or Circle or you know Mighty Networks it's easy to create a community so yeah. a lot of communities are being created unfortunately where i think a lot of people are getting it wrong is they're confusing a community with customers. So there's it's like a cash grab. Mm. Join my community that I've spent zero time really focusing what the purpose of the community is and why it's a value to the person joining and instead they're thinking about themselves and how this is going to help them be, you know, a a more well-known name or sell more of whatever it is they sell. So I think there's a lot of that happening right now. I think community is just going to continue to grow as businesses see the value, but a lot are going to immediately turn it into something that's, and we have to make a bunch of money off of it. And community is, you can for sure, but that's not how it works. People see right through that. I see a lot of communities folding in the future.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you say that. I think community and customer experience have a lot in common because organizations will have a customer experience department. And instead of actually focusing what's best for the customer, they'll say, where's the ROI on this? How do Mm -hmm. I actually focus back on the customer and bring in funds to fund this department or this individual person? And it's not necessarily it is important to have that and so you can go and pitch that to the leadership and and show the retention and and it's going to come in time but that shouldn't be the immediate result it shouldn't be the, the 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 first step it shouldn't say how what type of money am i going to bring and how quick is this going to bring me money because it seems like this the same is true with community because if you're not you don't understand the end in mind and the end in mind isn't I'm going to make a bajillion dollars because that's what happens. Because if your mindset is there, I would think that your conversations would be different. They would be more abrupt. They wouldn't be adding value on the front end.
0: Yeah, it's very true. There's a ton of overlap. And I've unfortunately been employed by organizations that kind of took that, you know, they start the value of what a community brings or what excellent customer experience brings, they start to take for granted and start cutting things or expecting more, expecting, you know, you get through more tickets, more issues, whatever, And they want to be able to track it. They want metrics that prove ROI. And that can be a challenge because, sure, I can show you metrics in a community where it's hopping, right? Like there's there's high engagement, the commenting, et cetera, is high. But that could be fighting you know that could mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's healthy and and that is certainly true for some communities and and it falls into the vanity metrics right It's like saying we have 10 million users, but what you're not telling me is your actual engaged users is five thousand it's just that 10 million people have an account right and the same goes for quality so how do I prove to you that my community is high quality and full of loyal, you know, followers or customers or whatever it is the company thinks it is. And that's not like, there's not really a true metric. There's there's several things you can look at, but it's never going to tell the story. And the only way to really know is to be in it. And of course, the people who want that information are never in it.
1: <laughs> and is it to show about the, hey, there's this engagement. Here is the active versus passive community members is it about storytelling when you're trying to promote the 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 new the new community members or how do you go about that is there dashboards where you can see metrics and KPIs where you can kind of see how much engagement or how much interaction or what's it look like for the for the retention of the first 90 days
0: yeah i mean most well any any platform that is designed specifically for a community is going to have metrics. I don't think they're all quite there yet with like the depth of metrics. Some are better than others. There are also third party tools you can use. Um, but for the most part, you can at least get the basics. And that's like the month over month, week over week of engagement as far as comments, messages, reply, you know, think likes, whatever. So you can you can kind of decide and depending on what your community purpose is, will determine which ones you're looking at. Um, You know, yeah, new signups, you know, have they signed in in the last 30 days is a big one at Circle. So you have you have some basics in front of you. And I think it's always important to kind of keep an eye on that and track it at least on a monthly so that you can one benchmark like, okay, this is this is normal. Uh, And then from that, see what's going on, because if you're noticing a slow decline over six months that if you're just in the community day to day, you might not notice you can start to, you can start to question like, okay, is this because of a change? What happened in the last six months? And you can kind of investigate, is there, did we create or is there a pain point for our members that we didn't realize and we can make better? Was there a policy change and people left? I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things you can discover just by watching those metrics and, you know, I've, I've worked in community for so long. I like, there's just things that happen in general, the summers, and, and I'm talking about in the Northern hemisphere anyways, right? Summers can be slower in almost any kind of community because that's traditionally in our culture anyways, when people travel, you know, mm-hmm. summer break, you take your kids somewhere because you, that's when they have off, et cetera. And then of course, many communities slow down around the holidays. So we're, you know, November, December, early January, because everyone's busy. We're all trying to just survive the holidays or, you know, traveling or wh- whatnot. People often take like a good chunk of PTO then and they don't, they might not be online in the, in the way they used, you know, they are day to day traditionally. But that, that's the opposite case in any sort of like mental health or emotional support community they have a very busy time then because that is when a lot of people, especially that don't have the, what we would consider like the traditional family model, feel lonely and have a hard time because it is such a folk, you know, holidays are very family focused. And for whatever reason, if they don't fit in that model or if they don't speak with their family, you know, all of that, they'll be very busy. So you can kind of You kind of just learn through years of metrics to know like when the the dips and valleys are depending on what your community, who your community serves, um, which is pretty fascinating, honestly. It's kind of interesting to see the different niches. And I'm sure this, I'm sure it is similar in the more customer experience role. Like if you work for a retailer, you're going to be very busy during the holidays, right? And then maybe like all the big holidays, like Labor Day, anything that's considered oh, there's going to be a sale, right? And then the returns after and things like that, you know, you're going to be getting a lot of calls and emails about that. So you kind of just have this um, ebb and flow that becomes predictable. And so then you're not panicking when you're like, oh my gosh, it's June. And, you know, we still have the same amount of community members, but nobody's posting. Well, that's because they're all, you know, it's summer, it's nice outside, they're doing stuff. And you don't have to panic, you just know.
1: Yeah, I think that's interesting, even from, Somebody from your perspective, giving other people that peace of mind, saying if somebody's communicating back to you and saying, oh, I'm freaking out because there's not enough engagement. And you're like, listen, uh, based off of your industry, based off of what you're trying to accomplish in your specific community, here's what I see. And here's some of the trends that I see. And here's why this is happening. So it's OK. Mm-hmm. Let's just double down on this part instead. And then we'll go back to working on the, the engagement in the future. Uh, One thing that you had mentioned was uh, when it comes to engagement, it could be people kind of bickering back and forth or sending nasty grams back back and forth to each other. So, (laughs) you know, that was kind of one thing I was curious about is how do you go about setting boundaries within that community and dealing with that conflict resolution?
0: Oh, yes. And this is something that Especially a lot of people who are creating communities on their own, um, whether again, whether they're independent creators or just want to, you know, they see this opportunity with an interest that they have, et cetera. This is a this is like the dark side that they weren't expecting, um, and can be hard. And I think if you didn't, if you don't have a big customer experience background like we do, you may not um, be comfortable. With it. You know, I mean, I've had so many people yell at me over the years in different capacities where they see me as the brand of whatever, you know, and so they take it out on me. I I feel that to everyone listening who deals with that. It's
1: (laughs) it's it's rough, which which Um, is everyone in customer service,
0: which is literally everyone (laughs) and and every human should have to do customer service for like an extended period of time. Just to just to understand. So then the next time they call or show up, <laughs> maybe have a little empathy. Am I right? Yeah. You just
1: related to every <laughs> yeah. single person in customer uh-huh. service. You're like, she gets me right there.
0: Yep. Yeah. I started working in my very early teens in retail and uh, have done it all. So I feel you. Okay. So there's a few things. Mm-hmm. And depending on... If you're creating the community and running it or you are hired on into a community, it kind of can vary much like much like customer experience. Like the company you work for may dictate how you respond to people. Yeah. And so sometimes that might not be the best and there's a better way, but you're kind of stuck. So community guidelines are something I love to talk about. I like helping people create them. That is the foundation of a community. And it's, it's rules, but it's not rules. It's a, here's how you participate in this space. And here's what's cool, and here's what's not. And if you do the things that are not cool, here's what's going to happen. Those are the moderation policies, right? So you you set it up, and then you have to make sure people see it. So what we do, and most communities I've worked in, we set it up this way, is when you first join a community, you get put into some sort of onboarding. And that onboarding is usually, you know... A series of emails that are educational that 99% of people don't read, but has the info at SPI because it's small and because I have a lot of um, agency in what we do. I made that part of a whole thing. Like when you come in, you go and you read the community guidelines, you make a comment saying, I agree to confirm that you read them. And I know at that point, you know, and then it's gamified, you get a badge, all this stuff. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, I know you read the guidelines. Cool. In a competitive market, does your customer service stand out from the crowd? One way to offer a better experience is by moving your contact center to the cloud. But with so many options to choose from, how do you know which solution is the best for both your business and your customers? That's where VDS comes in and guides you to the best solution. They understand your client's pain points, business outcomes, and goals, then VDS designs, implements, supports, and provides 24-7 managed services. From start to finish, VDS is committed to finding the best solutions for your clients' needs. To learn more, go to www.govds.com or find a link in the show notes. That that helps a lot Like because if no one knows that there are community guidelines... No one knows to follow them. But you know, examples of our community guidelines are like be kind. <laughs> They're really radical things. <laughs> like respect to other people and different opinions are okay. And and we're a professional community. People pay to be in it. It's a place where people network and collaborate and do things. So it is like, you know, it's the Rolls-Royce of community management experiences. Like we don't have a lot of fights, if any. It's very easy to run because the reason everyone's there. The focus is on growing their businesses. So we we avoid a lot of the drama. I have worked for big fighty communities where we had similar community guidelines and people did not care and, you know, would get banned and then come back under an alt account and that whole thing. So I've definitely dealt with the the other side of that. Um, I just don't want anyone to think when I'm talking about that stuff, I'm talking about SPI because I'm not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Pro is
0: not, yeah, pro is not fighting at all. It's a very safe community, which is great. And I love it. I feel like I'm in retirement in a way. It's <laughs> like, it's easy. But yeah, so you, you know, you have to have very clear guidelines and and you have to make sure people see them. And depending on the platform you're using and the kind of um, products support you have, like making people see that and agree to it before they can get in is pretty key. And there are ways to get around, you know, not custom building a a locked page that people have to do something to get through. But it's important to just educate. And when people break the guidelines, then you have to be comfortable reaching out. And I always do it from a place of like, hey, you probably didn't realize this, but, you know, our guidelines say this, linking to them. um, And what you said violates this one. No worries. You didn't know. But moving forward, like just keep these in mind. So I always come from a place of like, oops, you know, we all mess up. Very, very friendly, very non-aggressive. People still get mad. It's okay. And then the second time is when you start to, okay, (laughs) recall this conversation we had three days ago. (laughs) I want to make sure you understand these guidelines because you've done, you know, you did this thing again. Do you want to talk about it? So I always try to keep it very conversational. Mm. But and then you get to like a final warning, just like, just so you know, you know, if this continues, I don't think this community is right for you and we will have to remove you. So let me know if you have questions, but it's always this like back and forth. And I think that's important to keep kind of keep an open door, um, but you kind of, you have to have de-escalation skills and that's like kind of the private message route, you know, but that teaches people pretty quick. The other, you know, and the other thing you can do is if people are fighting in co- public comments, right? Yeah. You can kind of do a similar like, "Hey, hey y'all, just just a reminder about the guidelines link. If you have questions, let me know, but this conversation seems to be heading to whatever." Um, and then it's very public and people know like, "Oh, she's not playing." Okay. But always very friendly. I always try to do things in a in a friendly way, if that makes sense. Yeah, what? Well, I- but when you do that and the community sees it, they know pretty quickly like that's, you know, these are the rules of engagement here.
1: Well, it's kind of the same as, as having kids, right? If, if you were to tell one kid one thing and another kid something else, but if you have these guidelines and, and things that you are non-negotiables, and maybe there's some close-handed issues versus open-handed issues. Yeah. But if you discipline uh, in a loving way to one of the kids and the other ones in the room, they know, okay, well, I shouldn't, and I'm not going to get away with that.
0: Yeah, and it's super important. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense to do things publicly, but not like call out like Nick. Yeah, you dumb dumb. I know you, you keep, keep calling me and- out
1: in front of everybody, and it's really <laughs> awkward. I know you're such a problem child. You're <laughs> he like, hey, but the the step one, you you sent me a, a note ten minutes ago, and then it was five minutes ago, and that was two minutes ago, and you know it, it was three warnings within ten minutes. I finally got finally got it.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it can be, it can be hard. And I think community managers burn out yeah. very easily. If you, if you have good guidelines in place and it's a, it's kind of a messy community, it's just going to happen. And the fights are always going to happen Friday at five thirty, <laughs> you know, like it always starts going up a notch, right? When you're ready to check out and have your time back. And it just is what it is. I've many a times had to, you know, jump in on a day off or even on vacation and like, deal with things. That's not ideal. Of course, hopefully you have more than one person so you can cover for each other and whatnot, but it does happen. But I think if you're consistently day to day have very consistent, you know, modeling behavior of what is expected and you're really quick to diffuse situations uh, and, and to publicly, you know, where, where warranted do so. And it's always consistent. People really learn what, what the boundaries are with their behavior and same with like reaching out to you, I mean, it'll very easily depending again, depending on what type of community it can turn into a whole like tattletale situation. Mm. It is very much like toddlers now that you mentioned, (laughs) I feel like a daycare (laughs) provider would be able to just run the messiest community and, and give zero bothers
1: That's awesome. (laughs) because
0: yeah, because like people, they, they're constantly pushing your boundaries, but if you have a firm boundary and if you're like, look, I'm not responding after this time of day. And like on the weekends, what, like it's not life or death, whatever it is, we can discuss it next week kind of thing. And if people don't get, if they realize you're not going to give them that like attention that they're seeking that isn't great for you and your boundaries and is just kind of a time suck, they'll stop eventually, (laughs) maybe not immediately.
1: And if they don't, then they're not the right fit for the community.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. I think a lot of people running communities, even paid communities, where you feel like, well, I kind of just have to deal with them. You do not. Absolutely not. It's your community. I mean, obviously, if you just don't like someone because they bother you, but they're not otherwise doing anything to like violate guidelines or being unsafe or being just toxic, that's one thing. But if someone is causing harm or like ruining the vibe of your community and they're not listening and they're just argumentative, it's okay to just pull them aside and be like, look, you know, I don't think this is the right community for you because of these reasons. And they might be like, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. And they get better. But more than likely, you give them a couple chances. And then you just have to say like, hey, sorry, but this isn't a right fit. I'm giving you a full refund. You know, whatever it is, do it graciously. If it's, if it's free, then obviously no refund. But it's okay. You have to protect your community. And there's always going to be those people that think they should be a part of things, but they just don't get it. Yeah. And and it's a fine line. You know, there's there's not like one, this is how you deal with it. It depends on the person. It depends on the situation. But trust your gut. And if a bunch of people are leaving or not posting anymore because that one person just always has to have their say and pick a fight and has to be right or whatever, and they're not listening to your feedback about that, it's okay to say, look. <laughs> We're voting you off the island.
1: (laughs) You are in the the kindest way
0: possible. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Uh, So,
0: and it's like people get mad at you. Yeah, you are the face, and if you're if you're the one with you know upholding guidelines, they're going to call you the mod cop. They're going to you know they're going to lash out at you, just like a kid will lash out at their parents when they get in trouble. It's and you just have to kind of have a tough skin and not take it personal. And sometimes that can be really hard.
1: Yeah. I can I see how that could be difficult. So with that in mind, of the listeners who are saying, "Man, this is really interesting. I never really thought about building a community of my own. When or why would I start a community?"
0: There's so many reasons. So there's different types of community, right? So depending that I think it would what what type of community do you want? Is it a place just for fun. It's cute dog pictures. It's just a place for people to go and escape their life and kind of enjoy each other's company over a, a similar hobby or interest. Like there's that kind. And that's that's how I think of a lot of like Facebook groups or whatnot. Like maybe it's a recipe share or it's a, you know, we all have dachshunds. Uh, one of my girlfriends is very deep into doxy communities because she has a dachshund. And so there's doxy meetups and like, look at my dog in a raincoat and whatnot. And that's all it is. People just show up and show off their little wiener dogs <laughs> and, you know, maybe meet in person to have little like doxy days. And, that, and that's the extent of it. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily for, you know, there's not, it's not a paid membership or anything like that. I suppose it could be, you know, there's a whole things. So there's that type of community. Then there are communities that are more support communities. So that could be um, whether it's tech support. And you see that a lot with platforms. Mm. Platforms will have communities, right? And then within that community is where you get help for, you know, problems you have. And it's kind of the community is helping the community with things. Um, For example, I I own a Glowforge, which is a overpriced laser cutter. (laughs) And there's this huge community for Glowforge, and they have a couple people that that are employed that work there that you know can respond. But for the most part, it's customers helping customers. So I couldn't figure out how to resize this image to cut it at the right you know dimensions. I can post in there, and someone who's really good at that will respond. So it's 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 peer to peer support in a technical capacity. Uh, Apple is a great example of that. Apple support, and and Apple is a great example of where there's employees there for sure, but they really. Um, the more you participate as a participant answering, the more kind of rewards you get. Uh, so that's a, that's an example of a community designed for peer-to-peer support. But then there's also, say you are the caregiver of an elderly family member. It's exhausting. It's lonely. A lot of people don't understand. There are some amazingly supportive, tight-knit groups out there of caregivers. Mm. So maybe maybe you want to start a caregiver group that's designed for people who caregive for someone with Alzheimer's or something like that, you know? So I think it just depends what, it, what's the interest. What do you want to gather people around, gather people together around a topic and what does that look like? Is it a learning community? Are you, are you teaching people things like I could, I could have a community of community builders where I just help community builders and then they help each other, right? Like that would be, A very easy thing for me to do because that's what I do. If a lot of your listeners are um, working in customer experience and want to use to leverage that expertise Mm -hmm. into community. I mean, there's a lot you could do there. Like, Who do you serve? Especially, you know, if it's more technical, there's that piece. But even maybe you want to help people get into the industry or like how to how to become a supervisor, you know, anything like that. You could have more of an educational community where there's, maybe there's even a course within the community, you know. The sky's the limit, Nick. I love this. Yeah, I'm just (laughs) listening. It just depends what you want to spend your time on, right? Because you, because community is not passive. That's, it's a common misnomer that you, you launch it, you get people in and then, then, you know, you wipe your hands and you're like, sweet, I'm going to go over here. It's the easy bake oven, Jillian. I
1: thought that that's how it always works. You just set it and forget it.
0: Yeah. And, and it turns out exactly like the cover of the easy big.
1: There's <laughs> nobody ever. With,
0: yeah. Right. The
1: That's so awesome. Expected
0: versus reality of that. And it, it's true. I mean, and community doesn't have to be full time for you. Yeah. A healthy community doesn't need you there all the time. Yeah. Um. They, but you kind of have to set the foundation, show how to participate and depending if you, if you're teaching something, obviously you need to be there, but mm-hmm but it can also be done with like, okay, if you're a part of this community every Tuesday from noon to one, I have office hours. It's just a zoom call. Anybody who shows up, shows up, ask questions, you know, you can, you can do community in a way that works with your own schedule and within your own boundaries for sure.
1: Yeah, this is awesome. I've learned a whole lot. I've I've learned already prior to the podcast, a lot about community and now I'm geeking out even more. And I think that this will be very valuable for all my listeners. So I appreciate that. Uh, Jillian, two questions I ask every single guest at the very end is, what's a book or person who's influenced you the most in the last year? And then the second one is, if you could leave a note to all customer service professionals since it's going to hit everybody's desk Monday at 8 a.m., what would it say?
0: Uh, That's the easy one. So I'll start with the hard one because... I've been thinking about this and it's really hard to pick. And so I'm going to pick a book that I have not read in the last year, but has impacted my life since it came out. And I think of often, and that is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. If anyone's read that, um, I don't have my copy nearby, but if I did, I could show you. (laughs) And at the time, my daughter was very young. So I had a crayon and I was highlighting with a crayon, (laughs) which somebody made fun of me like at a kid thing. they were like, well, they're like, that's such a good idea. Then they're like, are you seriously using a crayon? Line? <laughs> like, it's what I had. But it's like the whole book is like, why am I even bothering? It's like every page has something. And I think in specifically in that book, she talks a lot about just following your curiosity. Mm-hmm. And that has just very much aligns with how my brain works, but also it's just served me very well. And I think it's a really valuable uh, idea for anybody like just follow the follow the trail you know if something's interesting go learn a little bit about it it doesn't have to be oh you can look up gravestones on the internet and find like your great great grandmother's stone or whatever you don't have to then become a genealogist yeah you can just check it out and then from there you might see something and be like whoa what is that like pattern on that stone i didn't like it's a why is there a dove? And then you go and you, and you learn, Oh, you know, in Victorian times that meant this. And then you're like, Oh, cool. There's like symbolism. And now you just have this perspective on like how symbols were used in the Victorian area, which sounds like it's, it's just an interesting little neato fact you have in your back pocket, but then you're like walking down the street and you start noticing how much that's in architecture of the time, you know, whatever it is, just follow your curiosity. It's it's a really fun way to live because you're always kind of discovering things and, you know going down those wormholes and it doesn't mean you're going to launch a business or write a book it just it's just a way to make your day to day more interesting super long answer you no know, i love for, that though for something that i was like i don't know how to answer this
1: <laughs> and you you, you <laughs> nailed it all right so the next one is if you could leave a note to all customer service reps what would it say
0: yes and i challenge every customer service rep to write this on a note and look at it every day and that is you matter
1: You matter. um, Period or exclamation. You matter. Boom. Just boom.
0: No, no punctuation. (laughs) No matter. No
1: punctuation. I love that.
0: Yeah. No, because I, you know, a lot of people treat people in customer experience, customer service, just very poorly, and that's a reflection on that person. It is not a reflection on you. You are a human being with feelings and emotions and great, brilliant thoughts and kindness. And don't let don't let them get you down. Don't let them grind you down because you matter as a person. Always.
1: I love it. That's some awesome advice. Uh, Jillian, if my listeners are saying, I really want to check out this community experience or I want to check out SPI, how do they go about seeing that?
0: Yeah. Well, so the community experience is available where all your podcasts are available. So wherever you're listening to Mr. Press One for Nick, you can also listen to the community experience. And then SPI, our full website is smartpassiveincome.com. If you want to look more into the community that I run, you can go to smartpassiveincome.com backslash pro. Um, and check out just kind of info about it. As I mentioned before, there is an application. It is for like business owners who are at a certain level. Um, so don't feel obligated to apply if that's not you. If you are just kind of interested in how we do community in general, um, if you've ever purchased a course from Pat or if you've been interested, you can do so at our website and then you are put into our academy, which is our course community. So there's always that, but you can also just come hang out. We're, Smart Passive Income on YouTube, we're everywhere.
1: There is so many resources with SPI just in general. If you just type in SPI, you're going to end a wormhole and find all sorts of awesome nuggets that don't even cost anything. So it's all about getting in there and getting curious, like Jillian had mentioned. But Jillian, you're awesome. Thanks so much for your time. And uh, best of luck with the Community Experience Podcast. Oh, thank you. Hey, listeners, can you think of one person who would benefit from the information you learned today? If so, please consider sharing it with them by giving them a the link of this episode or directly from your app. And last, if you'd like to receive all the quotes and book recommendations from all my guests, go to press1fornick.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.